Welcome to the Strategy Session Podcast, where ASI's editors provide tips and tactics to help promotional product professionals improve their businesses. In every episode, we go one-on-one with a business strategy expert to gather winning insights. The conversations are sure to be insightful and entertaining. Hello, and welcome to the ASI Strategy Session Podcast. I'm CJ Mitica, Executive Editor of Counselor Magazine, and I'm joined by sales and networking expert Alice Hyman. Alice has worked with and trained workforces from several major global corporations and is the author of the ebook Connecting Your Way to New Business. She will be speaking at the upcoming ASI Show Orlando on many topics, and we're excited to have her join the podcast today. Welcome, Alice, and thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, CJ. It's just a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Well, th- thanks for being here. So, you know, my first question is about referrals. You know, you ask the you ask the businesses in our industry, and it's their, probably their number one preferred means of getting new business. So, you know, why don't more promotional product businesses ask their clients for referrals? Well, first of all, you're right. Everybody loves to get business from referrals. Why wouldn't you? It's such an easy way to get business. It's a wonderful thing. But also, I don't want to make anybody feel bad. It's not just the promotional product industry. Many of the businesses that I work with could get more referrals if they knew how. So I think it's kind of epidemic. Everyone needs to get out there and get more referrals. But why don't they? Is That's the issue. And I think one of the reasons, a big reason, is they just simply forget to ask. It's not part of their routine. They don't have a referral process in place. And so they don't ask for referrals. They forget to do it. I think another really big reason is because people feel uncomfortable doing it. They don't really know the right time to ask, how to ask, and they don't want to feel pushy. They really uh, want their customers to be happy, and they don't want to feel like they're a burden on them in any way. So I think one is people just don't do it because they forget. They don't think about it. It's not part of their everyday process. And the other is they just feel uncomfortable doing it. Okay, so you know you mentioned a couple things, the fact of you know having a process and trying to figure out when is the right time to ask for referrals. So you know what 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 are the answers to those questions? What are some of the best ways of getting referrals? Well, I think the first thing that everybody has to recognize is that it has to be on your mind. You have that's where you know build a process. So sit down with your team and decide what is our process for getting referrals. Talk about it. Talk about the best times to ask, the best ways to ask. Let everybody practice kind of doing their own way and just get it on your mind. Maybe even start a referral contest and see who can get the most referrals. Start keeping track of how many referrals you get. Those simple things that bring it to the top of your mind and give you the mindset for getting referrals. That's really the very first thing you need to do. Make a point of it. Get everybody on the same page so that everybody's out there getting referrals. Now, the next thing is you have to think about when is the best time to ask. So some people say, oh, the minute you close the deal, ask for the referral. Well, I don't belong in that camp. I feel that you have to show that you have really done a great job and then you have the right to ask for a referral. So there's a couple different ways to do it. One is if you go above and beyond and really wow your customer, they're stepping over themselves to give you referrals. They're telling everyone what a great job you did, and that will bring you referrals. So make sure that you're not just satisfying the customer, 
but you are really doing the work to build a loyal customer, and you're really going above and beyond what they expected and really helping them reach their goals and get what they need so that they're so impressed with you, they can't help but give you referrals. Another thing, oh, go ahead. No, go go ahead. Yeah, another thing that you need to do is figure out the best way to ask. So now that you've wowed them or, you know, the the products have been delivered, they use them at their conference, they're happy with them, maybe they use them with their internal team, whatever they did with the products that they purchased, you call back and ask them, how did it go? How was the conference? How was the training? Did everybody like the products? You know, you just call to make sure they're satisfied, make sure that they're event went well and to do that kind of a touch base. You're trying to deepen the relationship, develop the relationship. And at that time, if it feels appropriate, that's a good time to ask. You can say, wow, we really enjoyed working with you and we would love to do more work for your company or work with other companies just like you. Is is there someone you know that should know about us so that we can give them the same kind of service and attention? So you want to think about wording it properly. One of the things that people do when they do ask for referrals is they say, do you know anybody? Do you know anybody that could use our services? Well, yeah, I can't really think of anybody. But when I say to you, who do you know? Or do you know another training director? Do you know another CEO? Do you know another sales manager who could use the great service that we provide? then it's more specific. Another really great way to get referrals is to have a list of three to five companies that you'd really like to work with that you feel your customer may already know. And you can say to them, again, at the appropriate time, once you're sure they're satisfied, if they've been working with you continually, you can say, we're growing our business and we're really excited. There's a couple of companies we'd really like to get in. Do you happen to know the people at these companies, and could you make an introduction? Now, don't give them a list of 100 or even a list of 10. Just three to five is enough. And, of course, if they know them, they're going to be more than happy to introduce you. Cool. Well, I think that's some really great advice. So I, I want to ask you um, I want to ask you about LinkedIn because that's something uh, that I know you're a, you're a big proponent of, and it just has a way of obviously, obviously connecting people and, uh, you know, and generating business. So, you know, how can our members use LinkedIn to, to get more business? And then what elements, you know, help make a great LinkedIn profile? Well, anyone in business today can use LinkedIn to connect with people, to stay in front of customers, to stay in front of prospects, to really deepen relationships. I think that the key to all of this is that people somehow have misconstrued that networking online is something different than networking in person. So the first thing about using LinkedIn is you can't use it effectively unless you're really willing to develop relationships with people. So for example, when I go out to a networking event in person, a trade show, a conference, I shake hands with people, I look them in the eye, I talk with them, I get to know them, I find something we have in common, we trade business cards, we may set up a call later. We're we're really developing a relationship. And that is the piece that's missing online. What people are doing is just clicking the connect button and building themselves a great big long cold call list. 
and that just isn't really worth anything. So in order to use LinkedIn or any online networking um, platform, you have to be willing to develop relationships with the people you click to connect. And otherwise, you really can't get referrals and you can't get more business. So you have to think of each connection. Who is this person? What do we have in common? How could I strike up a conversation with them? How could I add value to their life? And if you're thinking of that as you connect, now you can start to develop a relationship with that person. Or you can extend the relationship that you started in person at the conference or trade show or networking event. And you can extend that relationship into the online networking platform. So LinkedIn is, a, is just amazing because you can connect with the people you've already met and you can connect with people that you've never met. And my goodness, there's over 300 million people. Certainly some of the people you want to do business with are there. So in order to do it, the first thing you have to do is set up your profile. So here's what I say as an example. We're at a, a conference and there's lots of professional people there, and they're all dressed in um, business casual or business attire, and you show up in your bathing suit, right? <laughs> that would be odd, right? It doesn't work. But yet on LinkedIn, there's all of these professionals who are all dressed up and ready to meet you, and you're there without your photo. There's no information about you. You don't have any business cards with you. You're not prepared to network. So the first thing you have to do is come dressed to the party appropriately. And that means you have a picture and you have um, your experience filled out. You have your contact information. You put down some of the things that you've done like um, where you went to college, what organizations you belong to, where you volunteer. Because that gives me a picture of a whole person now. And I can look at you and start to find things I have in common with you so that I feel like I can connect with you and I have something to talk with you about. I can start a conversation with you. So the profile is much more critical than most people realize. They're just throwing up their name and no picture and a couple of sentences. And people look at that and go, oh, well, how do I connect with this? I, don't, I can't find out anything about them. So people really need to spend some time making their profile look good and getting all of the elements complete that uh, LinkedIn gives you. They give you spaces to put all of this information. You need to get it in there. And again, it's so that people can see you as a real person and find something in common so they can start a dialogue with you. Okay. So on a, you know, on a related subject, uh, one of the things you're going to be talking about at the ASI Show Orlando is online influence and authority. So, you know, what what do you define that as and, and why is it so important for businesses? Right. It's a great question. And today, you know, selling has it's the same, but it's also changed. I mean, we definitely still have to listen to our customers and bring them great ideas. We have to not just be problem solvers, but problem finders. And that's true in person for your influence and authority, as well as, as it is online. And again, if you just think about the things you do in person, if you're speaking at a conference, you're the authority, you're uh, giving good information, you're helping people learn things that will help their company grow, um, you're publishing information that will help people. And it's really the same online. 
You have to be there and be present, be genuine and authentic, and be willing to share what you know. Now, um, everybody's an expert in their own business, so they can help others with the knowledge that they have. But what so many people try to do online is just sell. Here's my product, buy it. Or they might even say, thank you for buying my product, which is great too. Or they put pictures of their product. But those things turn most people off because it's all about you. And you're just selling, and you don't even know if the people looking at that are interested or you know, if they're even a prospect. So instead, to become an online influence and, and authority, you have to have a, a body of knowledge that you know really well and be willing to share that knowledge with others so that they can grow. You have to be willing to share others' information. So some examples of that would be if I am selling promotional products, and I'm an expert in promotional products, instead of saying, buy this or buy that, I would say, here's why sunglasses are working and squeeze balls aren't. So what are the latest trends? What are people looking for? Which promotional products stay on the desk the longest? Give me, the person who's going to buy the promotional products, some ideas to help me make better choices when I'm purchasing promotional products. If I'm a training director and I'm going to buy promotional products to give to my own staff, what are, what are the best types of things? And how does that help my training? Why would that make my training better to have promotional products than to not have them? How can it help engage my participants? So give me information I can use to do my job better. Show me that you're an authority in this and that you know these things because you've research them, and you've been in business for a long time, and give me that information so I can use it to make my life better. And the other part of being an influence and authority is helping others. So when you see um, someone promoting their conference, promote their conference. Don't try to sell, oh, yeah, go to this conference and buy our stuff. Just promote their conference and say, you know, hey, ASI has the best conference. I highly recommend you attend. So again, that's your influence and authority being used for the greater good. You're showing other people that it's not just all about you and what you know, but that you're willing to share other experts' information. You're willing to um, promote other people's conferences, trade shows, trainings, anything that would be appropriate. So it's about giving and helping and sharing. So, yeah, so I agree with you the fact that you know, it's it's very it's very helpful to, you know, put out information that you know paints you as the expert and is helpful, you know, to you know to other people and to potential clients. So you know, my my question then is, um, you know, how do you then you know get that information out there, and how do you get it in front of the people that you ultimately want to have buy from you? That's a great question. So be selective when you are gathering followers on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on any of these platforms, be selective. And think about who is my target audience. So another problem is people are just randomly clicking to connect. They just want followers. Well, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. You want to collect the followers who are most likely to buy from you. And so you have to understand who your target audience is. 
So if you're looking for businesses between 10 and $100 million that put on annual training events, you know, and maybe they're in the technology sector or they're in manufacturing technology and, and engineering, you know, you know who your target audience, you should have that defined really clearly, and you, everybody at your company should know your target audience. So when you go online, you're looking for your target audience. And the first thing that you do to grow your influence and, and help you appear online as an authority is connect to the people who know you and love you because they already look at you that way. And that gives you a good base. So connect to those people and then continue connecting as you meet people and as you get new customers. Connect to them. And each time you make a connection, make it real and genuine. Converse with them. Ask them if they need any help. You, and then start sharing your content, not just in the feed where it can go by and everyone can see it, but share it one-on-one -on -one with people through the private messaging system as well. So let's say you're reading um, some trends in promotional products and that you find an article, oh my gosh, that article is perfect for Susan. You, you take the URL of that article and you paste it into a private message, Susan, I was thinking about you today while I was reading and this article came up, or I was reading this article and it made me think of the conversation we had the other day. So I'm sending it to you. So start building small and make your community you know, a very strong community, and then start moving out from there. But if you have a list of, let's say, 100 companies that you would like to sell promotional products to and they're in your target audience, you start by taking that list and looking online for them. Look at their website. Learn who they are. Look at who the founders or the CEO you know, and the, the executive team. Look who these people are. Then go and find them on LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter, wherever you're looking, and learn about them before you connect. Look at their profile. Read what it says. See what you have in common. You know, learn what kind of conferences they're, they're putting on, what kind of trainings they're putting on, what kind of trade shows. And really think about how you can interact with them in a way that adds value versus just trying to sell. And maybe you write your own content, your own great content about the latest trends and about how to use uh, promotional products during your own training, how to get your own team excited with promotional products. Whatever the topics are that you're writing about, blog about those, write about those. And when you're interacting, again, add value. You know, um, you can approach someone that you don't know by saying something like, um, I work with other people in your industry. We've been watching your company, and we're excited about your growth, and we'd like to work with you too. Let's connect. And then as soon as you're connected, you send them something you know, very complimentary about them that you learned, or I read about this on your website. Here's an article that might be helpful to you. You don't start trying to sell. You start developing a relationship. And then when it's appropriate and you see maybe that they have a conference coming up or something like that, you could mention that you'd love to get on the phone with them and discuss their needs for their upcoming conference. Um, or what more likely happens, if you've built a good relationship with them, they're now asking you 
hey, we have a conference coming up. Can we get on the phone and find out what you could provide? Cool. Great. That, I think that was all really great information. So, Alice, you're going to be at the ASI Show Orlando, but if our listeners you know, want to find you or work with you before then, uh, where, where can they find you? Well, they can go to my website, which is alicehyman.com. That's H-E-I-M-A-N, alicehyman.com. And there's a blog there that has lots of information that you can use right away. And if you search on the word LinkedIn, all of the articles will come up that I've written on how to use LinkedIn. And that will be really helpful for everybody who wants to get a jump start on that. Okay, terrific. Well, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you. All right. Thank you, for everyone, for joining us. You're listening to the ASI Strategy Session Podcast. This has been the latest episode of ASI's Strategy Session Podcast. To listen to all of our podcasts, go to asicentral.com slash podcast.